So it's another episode of Wagers Ragers. Hello to everybody out there in the streaming world. This is episode three, week three of the NFL. Uh, joining me on in the Dirty Jers of New Jersey is John the Hedgehog Donath. We also have on the East Coast, Eric the Marine Navarro, once again joining us for the second week in a row. And our compadre on the West Coast, Michael Caracosa but we call him Koza. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? What's happening, JT? Listen, had a really fun week last week of hedging. Hedging all over the place. The most fun that I had all weekend was watching that uh, Chiefs-Chargers game, which, you know, the, the hedging went so great that at one point the Chiefs were actually getting points. So, you know, watching uh, Butker kick the game-winning field goal three times in a row was especially, especially exhilarating for me. Um, how about you guys? Yeah, I mean, listen, my, uh, I hit on all my picks from last week. Um, I had the, uh, the 49ers covering against the Jets. They covered easily, which is not surprising given how bad the Jets are this year. Um, I also covered on my, my prop bets for that game with Mostert over rushing yards as well as over receiving yards. And on my second pick with Green Bay and Detroit, Green Bay covered. And uh, Aaron Jones also covered on his on my rushing and receiving uh, player prop bet. So I had a I was four zero last week. Uh, guys, how'd you do? Yeah, I mean for me, uh, almost hit on that five pick parlay. That would have been you know a game changing win right there. Uh, you know, t- tough that Chiefs game just missed it by a little bit. So that was a little bit disappointing. But overall, you know, I thought great weekend for for everybody. Um, struggled a little bit Monday night, but that's okay. Uh, it's almost the next week, right? So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, good start so far. Yeah, for me, it was not a great weekend, but that's because, like I said, I normally wait until the end of September to start betting. I like to see how the teams shake out to get a feel for them. Uh, I think I hit on the, the Bucks and uh, Panthers over with a late Leonard Fournette uh, touchdown run, but Got got the Cowboys wrong. Cowboys came out. I know they got the miracle win to win outright, but they didn't cover. Uh, so I'm looking to bounce back this weekend. Yeah. Also, I also got a hedge in on the those dirty, rotten Cowboys as well. Also, one other quick point is that quarterback rushing yards continues to be a bountiful uh, area here. Hit on, uh, I know, Mahomes, uh, Cam, and Russ for sure, and I forget who else, but that's been a, a, a great play for me. And I'm good, as you'll see, I'm going to continue that this week. And likewise, uh, when you hear my picks this week, um, I'm heavy on quarterback rushing yards. So with that being said, let's dive right into week number three. And uh, who wants to take the, the first crack at this? I'm happy to jump in first. Um, because I would like to get my misery out of the way quickly. Uh, as many of you know, I am a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. Much as I might try to not care about what the Eagles are doing, I can't help it. I do. It's been a dreadful season so far. Through two weeks, my team has looked absolutely horrible. We've been destroyed by injuries, as I mentioned last week. The offensive line is in tatters. We're missing our starting um, left tackle. We're missing our starting right guard. 
Uh, we missed our starting right tackle for week one. That's Lane Johnson. He's back now. But now we're missing our starting left guard, uh, Sayamalo, who went on IR. Uh, we haven't had Alshon Jeffrey, who, of course, at this point is really just a glorified tight end. But still, one more target that uh, Carson Wentz can't go to. Um, Jalen Rager now is out for potentially eight weeks, their number one pick. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a great time to be an Eagles fan, guys. Luckily, you know, I still have the Super Bowl very, very big in my rearview mirror, and that's sort of what I rely upon. This week, we have the Eagles and the Bengals. The Bengals um, have had some exciting uh, moments in week one. Joe Burrow has thrown for a lot of yards. They got crushed in week two uh, against Cleveland. Um, i got to be honest with you. I have some very, very uh, disturbing losses to the Bengals in my memory as far as the Eagles go. Um, the Bengals are getting five points. The game is in Philly this week. The over-under is 47 and a half. I am not going to bet this game, at least not right away, and here's why. The bet here is the Bengals getting five. The bet here is the Bengals getting five. Uh, I'm hopeful that Doug Peterson can get the Eagles back on track and sort of finally a bounce-back game and pull out the win. But if that does happen, I could see it being something like, you know, a field goal victory, something like that. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's some numbers for you guys. Cincinnati is 6-0 and against the spread in their last six games against the Eagles. The Eagles are only 2-3-1 and against the spread in their last six uh, overall. Those aren't great numbers for the Eagles. There is a possibility that I have to acknowledge, being objective, that the Eagles just might be terrible this year. And if that's the case, um, any team getting points against them has got to be the bet. So the bet here, I think, is the Bengals getting five. I'm not going to take it because I don't bet against my own team. Uh, as far as the over-under goes, the total has hit the over in four of Cincinnati's last six and in five of the Eagles' last six. The total is 47 and a half, which in some weeks might have a little bit of juice to it. This week, I think there might be four or five games where the over-under is like 50. We're seeing scoring is up. Uh, the Eagles have been throwing nonstop. I expect Burrow to continue that as well this week. So I would actually take the over on 47 and a half this week. As far as some of the props here, I see a big game for A.J. Green. Uh, a lot of people might look at what's happened so far and say that, well, A.J. Green has just not produced. Uh, last week, he became only the 35th player in NFL history since they started keeping track of targets to have three or few catches while getting 13-plus targets. That doesn't sound great. But look a little bit deeper. A.J. Green has 22 targets so far uh, overall, and he has an A dot average depth of target of over 15 and he leads the league in air yards you can see what's going on here Joe Burrow is forcing the ball to AJ Green whether that's because he's trying to find a good player on Cincinnati to rely upon or maybe the Bengals are doing this on purpose to showcase AJ Green for a trade I think those targets are going to continue coming AJ Green's way the Eagles defense is not very formidable I can see AJ Green scoring this week but the prop I'm looking at is 53-and-a-half reception yards. I could see A.J. Green catching a couple of bombs. That's plus 100, so that's my number one prop. The other one that I have that I really like, Miles Sanders. I've hit a couple of times on Miles Sanders and receiving yards. This week I'm going the combined uh, uh, prop of rushing and receiving. It's 109.5. Miles Sanders would have hit that in four of his last six regular season games dating back 
to last year. So give me Miles Sanders on the over combined rushing and receiving. Give me the over on A.J. Green reception yards of 53 and a half. Give me the over on the game. And if you're betting the game, take the Bengals plus five. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, I like your analysis on uh, Cincinnati and, and the Philly game. I would also go with Cincinnati as well. I would uh, I take those points and I would probably bet Cincinnati. I mean, I don't really love the game, but if I had to take that game, I'd probably lean towards Cincinnati. And as far as your props, I'm not sure I like the over on the yards for AJ Green, but I do like the over four and a half receptions. When you're getting targeted that much. You know, you're going to have a game where you're going to actually have receptions. And the over right now is over four and a half. And you need to lay 106 on the over four and a half receptions for A.J. Green. So uh, that's what I like on the Philly-Cincinnati game. Yeah, I'll jump in. Uh, I actually will disagree. I think I would take the Eagles if I had to bet this. Uh, I think five points is a decent spread. Uh, I think since he's played a couple close games, they actually had a backdoor cover on Thursday night against the Browns. Um, I think the Eagles are better than what they've shown. I think what's limited them the first two weeks is Carson Wentz's mistakes. Uh, And I I think as long as he cleans it up, he's going to be out to prove that he he still has it. He's still the guy there. I trust Doug Peterson to get them going. I look for them to actually beat them pretty handily. Um, And then as far as A.J. Green, I want to focus on, it's not a bad bet, but he just may be washed up. And that's, that's the danger with him. I mean, he just looked slow and off his game when he got, you know, 13 targets and only caught three passes. Um, so that's the danger with that. Now, he might be out to prove that he's not washed up and have a, you know, a bounce-back game here. So that, that's why I think it's worth the risk with the, your prop bet. Yeah. I mean, I think A.J. Green's done too. I mean, he's, what, on the franchise tag? He's collecting $16 million. <laughs> You know, I mean, for him, it's just it's all about recovery this year. He doesn't, you know, he's guaranteed that money. So I don't know. I wouldn't, I would bet against him before I bet for him. Um, I think Philly, Eric, back to what you were saying, I agree. I think they are going to, you know, really just win this game pretty handily. Um, the Eagles are better than I think their, their record shows at this point. I think they've just gone up against, you know, obviously the Rams defense is very good. But, you know, Wentz, maybe he's a little injured. I don't know. But I think this is a great bounce back game for him. Uh, I think the Bengals' d- defense is just horrific, and they've kind of overperformed these last two weeks. So, yeah, give me the Eagles in this one. Real quick, if I could just hop back in just real quick as a wrap-up. Number one, JT, I-, I like your thoughts on the four-and-a-half um, for a guy who- who- who's getting double-digit targets a-, a week. I think I might take that plus the receiving yards with A.J. Green. And as far as the positive uh, spin that you guys have on the Eagles, I tell you what, I hope you guys are right. And if you're not, on Sunday, send thoughts and prayers. All right, so we're going to move on to Koza's uh, New York Giants because I want to save the explosion of Eric's analysis on the Jets uh, to last um, because I anticipate this being uh, just a fall down, drag out, just crushing analysis of the wonderful head coach of the New York Jets, Mr. Adam Gase. So let's move on to Coza's New York Giants and give us your, your, uh, your analysis on this game. State of the franchise here with the Giants. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the Giants, they're not very good right now. 
new head coach, you know, beginning of the year, I said, it's going to take a few games before they start showing some potential. So, you know, they're not going to have Saquon Barkley done for the year. Sterling Shepard, you know, he's on IR for the next three weeks. So, you know, the interesting thing here is that Daniel Jones seems to perform better when Barkley's not in the lineup. I kind of mentioned it uh, to you guys just offline about that, but it's a weird phenomena. And I just wonder if it has something to do with maybe they run more of the spread offense when Barkley's not in the game and that suits Jones better. So we're going to see this game should be very telling to see what Jones can actually do. Uh, you know, the turnovers continue to be a problem. You know, I think he's averaged two turnovers a game, one fumble an interception, you know, cost them the first game of the season. So, you know, if he can finally learn to limit those turnovers, I think the giants have a really good shot at this one, right? The Niners, totally injured i mean they i don't know they have more injuries than probably healthy players at this point but uh you know jimmy garoppolo moser coleman kittle samuel bosa d ford richard sherman i mean who's left after that right with the giants getting it was at four it's three and a half now if they don't cover this game i mean they should just you know that's it season's over right so i think they've played pretty tough judges got them playing uh you know uh you know, very concentrated, very focused. I think they will at least cover, but I think they could actually win this game. You know, the 49ers, obviously last week versus the Jets, concerns about MetLife turf. Who knows, you know, how that's going to affect them mentally. Um, You know, the 49ers, I think, just want to get home without losing more players at this point, right? Their pass rush with strength strength of the team has been decimated. Um, I think Jones, you know, when he has time, can be a very effective quarterback, uh, he doesn't have to worry about fumbling. I think this is a, you know, really a golden chance for the Giants to you know, get their first win. So I'm taking the points in this one. I'm taking the Giants. You know, I usually never bet on the Giants. Um, that's my pick for this week. And uh, you know, I think as far as props go, John, you alluded to it earlier, QB rushing yards, Daniel Jones at 16.5. I think that's an easy win right there. I'm going to be taking the over. And then you know, with Sterling Shepard out of the lineup, I think Golden Tate, you know, finally a little bit healthy. 40.5 receiving yards seems a little bit low for me. I'm taking Tate with the over there. And that's my analysis. What do you think, guys? Yeah, so just real quick. Um, for me, it's, you know, I like the point, getting the points with the Giants. But like you said, I think this is really a watershed moment for this franchise right now. I mean, they're 0-2. They had a chance to win last week. And they're playing just a completely decimated 49ers team. So they're home even though there's no fans in the seats, they're still home nonetheless. And the 49ers complained last week about the turf. I mean, the turf's not going to change because it's not natural grass. So it's the same turf they played on last week. And if they're still complaining about the turf and they're, they're decimated with injuries, I love the money line in this game. You, you know, you're laying 100 to win 155. So I would take the money line in this game. And uh, I think the Giants have a real good chance of winning, especially playing against a backup quarterback. I, I do agree, but it's more just from an uh, injury standpoint. Niners are decimated. You pointed that out. But also, in the last 10 seasons, home underdogs are 196 and 120, 62%. I would just – against the spread. I would just hammer that all day long. I love getting uh, a, a kind of live team. The Giants have played competitive in both games uh, at home, getting points. Uh, even if it's a close game and they lose a close game, they should be able to cover that. So I, I, I agree with that bet. Yeah, I, I actually sweep it. I actually – I like the Giants to win this week, to be honest with you. Um, they could have laid down and died last week, but they didn't. 
Um, they showed, you know, heart. I think this team's playing with heart. Uh, they, they fought back and then just had a, a crushing ending to the game. Um, at home um, against a 49ers team that is just the walking wounded, um, I like the Giants to win the game. I also like Golden Tate. His stats without Sterling Shepard are great. I also like the catches. Three and a half, it's only minus 124, but I still like it. He would have hit the over on that in his last three regular season games. So I like the Giants to win outright, and I like Golden Tate with the three and a half receptions. All right, guys. So um, like I said before, we're going to save the best for last. So I'm going to jump in here. And although I usually give the analysis on the Jets, I'm handing the, the ball off to Eric and uh, we're going to continue to tease this analysis for the next few minutes. And I'm going to jump in here with the Houston Texans versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are home. They're laying four points. And you look at how good the Steelers played so far in the first two games. You look at how Houston has played in the first two games and you think to yourself, the Steelers are only given four points. It seems too good to be true. And when it seems too good to be true, usually it is. And usually you should go the other way. But you know what? I can't put aside how good the Steelers have looked the first two weeks. And I get it that Houston has had a brutal schedule. I mean, think about it. They had to play the Chiefs, the Ravens, and now the Steelers three in a row, the three top teams in the AFC. But they're just not that good. Um, they have the 30th best rushing offense, 84 and a half yards per game through the first two weeks, but the Steelers have the best rush defense. They're only giving up 2.9 rush yards uh, per play and 66 and a half rushing yards per game. They dominated Saquon Barkley against the Giants. I don't think he, he barely had any positive yardage. And I, I, I think that's going to continue again. The Steelers blitz 64% of the time on defense. And Deshaun Watson has the second worst total QBR against the Blitz. I mean, this is just a recipe for disaster. I think the Steelers are going to cover that four points handily. It's going to be a double-digit win against Houston. Will Fuller, who's now their number one receiver, had zero targets last week, no receptions, completely missing from the offense. So I feel like that's going to continue this week. I think the Steelers are going to dominate Houston. Houston's going to be 0-3. And it's going to be a crushing win for the Steelers. Interesting note, the Watt brothers Turn down for what? play on opposite teams. This is the first time they've played against each other. And last week they combined for four and a half sacks between the two of them. I expect that to continue, but it's going to be TJ Watt with the sacks and not JJ Watt. Pittsburgh is 7-13-2 against the spread as a favorite since 2018. They're about to be 8-13-2 after this week. And my two... Player props this week, I'm going to go a little bit differently than usual. I'm going to say Deshaun Watson over a half an interception this week. You're laying 121, but I think he's going to have a rough day this week. He's going to be running for his life. And so the other prop I like is Deshaun Watson over 24 and a half rushing yards, laying 112 on a $100 bet. I think he's going to be running all day from this defense. Uh, Bud Dupree and the rest of that gang are going to be in the backfield and he's going to be running around the edge trying to get yards because uh, that Steelers defense is for real. Guys, what do you think? Well, I 
I like your analysis a lot there. The Pittsburgh defense has, seems like it's everything that was advertised. And just kind of going along with that, one more prop I might look at. Uh, David Johnson receptions is three and a half at plus 120. And it's plus 120 because he's only had a couple of catches last week. But if you think about how the game might play out, if Watson doesn't have a lot of time to throw, if they're smart, they'll do things like run some draws, throw some screens, things like that. That plays right into David Johnson receptions. We know in the past he can catch the ball, right? He caught the ball uh, week one even. So three and a half catches is something that I could see based on the possible game script here. Pittsburgh getting a lot of pressure, Deshaun Watson dumping it off to David Johnson, uh, either just because of the pressure or by design as part of a screen. I agree with your analysis. Uh, I think we're going to get to it with my, you know, uh, the Jets, but uh, Bill O'Brien's a bad coach and he's an even worse GM. And I just have no idea what he was thinking, trading DeAndre Hopkins away. And then on top of that, just for a second rounder and taking David Johnson back. Uh, if you look, Watson's suffering. He has no, he, he does, he's lost his elite target. He has nobody to throw to. All they have to do is make sure he stays in the pocket. And, uh, and that's what you're seeing in this first couple of games. Uh, yes, he's an outstanding uh, young quarterback, but without being surrounded by weapons, you see how the offense is stagnated. So I expect big things from uh, the, uh, the Steelers and the Steelers defense. It sounds like Sam Darnold. Nobody to throw to. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Houston, though, I mean, they have played the Chiefs and the Ravens week one and two, right? So that's, I mean, who's really going to win those games? So I think they're a little better than we think they are at this point. But, you know, Watson's going to have to play out of his mind to win this one. And it looks like, you know, the, the Texans rank second to last against the run, right? They almost allow 200 yards per game. Steelers, you know, as you mentioned before, JT, you know, first. So I think you, you kind of have to lean towards Pittsburgh. But, you know, I could see Houston surprise here a little bit and uh, just, you know, cover at least. But we'll see. All right. Drum roll, please. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. You're really building this up here. Uh, I am indeed. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, Eric, take it away. Yeah. So, I'm wearing my, my Sam Darnold Jets jersey in honor of the best young quarterback put in the worst position possible by, of course, one of the worst franchises in the league. Uh, I've been a Jets fan my entire life. Uh, I hate my dad for making me a Jets fan because um, I've had to suffer through I don't know how many untold you know, games of misery, but uh, Colts, I'm taking the Colts uh, laying 11 and a half over the Jets. So there's all stats throwing out, throwing out there that counter this, right, with big, I hate taking uh, double digit points, but uh, for example, six, uh, since 2010, favorites of over five and a half points in week three are 40 and 12 to win outright but only 23 and 29 against the spread, right? And there's all sorts of things like this that, that signal maybe that the Jets would cover. They are not factoring in one Adam Gase, okay? Adam Gase is the worst coach in the league. The Jets right now are the worst team in this league. They, not only that, they're banged up. They are missing Mims, Crowder, Perryman, Bell. Connor McGovern, their center, and George Fant, their right tackle, are all out. Sam Darnold has nobody to throw to. They're going to rely on 37-year-old Frank Gore, right? And maybe Chris Herndon and Ryan Griffin, but, but Gase doesn't like two tight end sets for some reason because he has no idea what he's doing. This is the offensive genius that Chris Johnson hired. He, they are the worst offense in the league. 
They have been uh, two years running. Just look at his record. I have no idea why they ever hired him to begin with. It was a disastrous hiring, and it's going to set back the franchise for years. He's 30 and 37 as a head coach. 29 of those losses are double digit. 24 of them are losses by at least two touchdowns. So on, so he loses by more than two touchdowns, one out of every three games, essentially. And out of that, you know, you, you, well, you won't blame the injuries and all that. No, they had massive number of injuries last year. They had massive number of injuries in Miami under his tutelage, okay? I don't know. They, they fired the training staff this past offseason, and there's still massive injuries this year. Something he does, I don't know if he's got – he made a deal with the devil to become a head coach two times, uh, and as a result, he's just got this aura that affects people's hamstrings and soft tissue or something. I have no idea. He is the worst. And they are, per, they are ruining Sam Darnold's talent. They're, they made a mistake by letting Robbie Anderson go and replacing him with a guy that's often injured in Perryman. He has no targets. He has no hope until Gase goes. Now, Colts are banged up. I get it. The Jets are just that awful. They have no clue. Their defense is even worse, too. Uh, they gave up the 80-yard touchdown untouched to Mostert on the first play against the Niners last week. They seem completely unprepared. They have no speed on the edge. They get exposed. Jared Allen exposed them on the edge as well, running around, uh, around the side there. Uh, they just are an awful team, and I'm just praying that they can lose without ruining D uh, Darnold's career, get Gates out, get a real coach in, and start rebuilding. Um, as far as, uh, uh, like I said, I'll take the Colts all day long. Um, uh, I'll take the over. I think the – what at most what you're going to look for it's over 44 is like a 35 10 game maybe 35 17 uh, in both games the jets scored uh, uh, late touchdowns in garbage time so i think you you can see that same um uh phenomenon happen here and get you to that over as far as props there's a couple of props i like rivers is an easy favorite uh over one and a half touchdown passes i'll hit that um a, a nice one nice value is colts to win for between 13 and 18, by 13 to 18 points. That's plus 370. That's kind of where I see the game going. And then I'll take a flyer on T.Y. Hilton being the first to score at plus 800. What do you guys say? I mean, I'm just going to jump in here real quick. I mean, you know, I could not have said it better. And you said it all. The Jets are miserable. They are terrible. Two of their defensive players came out this week and said essentially that they don't practice hard, that they're unprepared. And, you know, when you're hearing that, the coach has got to go. He's got to go sooner than later. You can't have this guy hanging around all year long. Darnold is going to get killed. He's going to have a miserable season. Now that he has two offensive linemen out, not only does he have anybody to throw to, he, he's not even going to be protected well. He's going to get destroyed. You know, listen, at, at the beginning of this week, I was sort of thinking with my heart and thinking that the Jets um, might cover, given the fact that it's, you know, an 11 and a half point spread. But, you know, after listening to Eric's rant, uh, I think I might stay away from this game and just not bet it at all. Uh, I, I have a really hard time laying on 11 and a half points, but looking at how bad the Jets have played the first two weeks, it's tempting but I think I'm going to stay away. Um, I'm just not anticipating 
a, uh, a good game at all. And if it goes disastrous, maybe they lose by 21 points. That might be it. The guillotine might be out. And the uh, coach coach's head chopped off. After I hope so. Yeah. Your lips to God's ears, right? Yeah. All right. Woo. All right. I mean, what do, what do you say after that? Except really, really great analysis. And I hate to say it, I, I love hearing someone else's pain after I just had a couple of bad weeks. And then, you know, I listen to my good friends who are Jets fans, and I'm like, ah, you know what? It's not so bad. It's not that bad. You guys won a Super Bowl <laughs> recently. Getting back into the game, um, I don't know. As, as a non-Jet fan, I kind of feel like I might want to play this out a little bit. Um, maybe the Colts score early. Maybe that point spread goes to like 20 or something like that in game, and then I come in and hedge it. <laughs> I'm going to be watching it for that. Um, also, um, so a, a player that I really love in this game, um, Jonathan Taylor. Not only does he have the best first name you can possibly have, he's an incredible talent, a big power back that can freaking run, man. Uh, there's a couple of things I like about him this week. For receptions, uh, it's only two and a half. Uh, he had uh, six receptions in week one in a game they ended up losing. Uh, last week against the Vikings, the game wasn't quite as close. So only, he only had two catches. Um, uh, even there, in a game that wasn't close, one more catch, he hits this over. I like the two and a half receptions for Taylor uh, at minus 112. Also, combined rushing and receiving is only 94.5. If you guys are right and the Colts get up big, I expect Taylor to pound it, pound it, pound it. So I might pound both the combined rushing and receiving at 94 and a half and the rushing yards at 77 and a half, everything at minus 112. Yeah, John, I was actually looking at those same props. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big game. Two and a half receptions, that seems like an easy win. I do like the combined rushing and receiving yards prop. That's probably the one I would go with. Uh, I think, yeah, I like your, your hedge on this one. Let's see what happens. Indianapolis comes out, scores basically a touchdown right away. We're at plus 20. That's an easy bet right there. But, yeah, I'm not looking for the Jets to come close to winning this game. So, yeah, give me Indy in this one too. Yeah, and if I could just jump right back in real quick, another good hedge would be if the Jets were somehow able to sco- score early. You would get you could you could the the lot. No, I'm just saying like some BS in the in the beginning where they score on the opening drive or something like that. You would get uh, the Colts to be able to cover a lower line. Uh, so I, I would I would look to uh, I I like your live betting strategy there. And just real quick, um, the over is 44 points. Uh, the Colts might cover that themselves. So. I could see, uh, you know, 52 to to definitely possible. Yeah. All right. So moving right along to our second games that we're picking. Uh, John, I think you started us off this week. So give us your analysis on your uh, second game. Yep. No problem with that. I took um, uh, my second favorite team uh, in the league this week. That's the Seattle Seahawks. As you know, I have two favorite teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and whoever is playing the stinking, horrible, dirty Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are getting five on the road at Seattle this week. And listen, objectively speaking, I think the Cowboys are a good team. I think they have a lot of talent on offense. They're obviously loaded. Uh, I think actually that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than he gets credit for um, between Amari Cooper and Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, who I just think is phenomenal. Uh, and it's going to haunt me forever that the Eagles didn't trade up and get him. Um, combined with Ezekiel Elliott, the offense looks great. Um, the defense, not so much. They've got some injuries, but Everson Griffins can still get some pass rush in there. Um, but I'm going to take 
Seattle, and lay the five. Because, and this is going to sound really weird, this might be Russell Wilson's year. I know that sounds odd to say based on the fact that the Seattle with Russell Wilson has already made two Super Bowls, won one, nearly won the second. I think Russell Wilson, he's off to an MVP-type start here. He looks absolutely fantastic. Getting down to some of the numbers, uh, Dallas is only 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven. The Seahawks are 10-4 and four straight up in their last 14 home games. The Seahawks, as I mentioned, scoring points left and right. They're the second highest scoring team in the league. Russell Wilson has all kinds of toys to play with as far as re- the, uh, his receivers go. Uh, Seattle is averaging 36.5 points a game. Uh, I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to lay the five points. Now, the over-under is a ridiculous 57 points. Um, the logical bet here would be to, to, to give me to, to go with the under. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think this could be something in the 30s again uh, or higher. So I would actually take the over here and feel nervous about it. Um, but I would still take it. As far as props here, Russell Wilson, um, 27 and a half rushing at minus 112. I'm dropping a tasty 50 burger on that. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. He would have hit that in his last three regular season games. He is running left and right. He's also the prop on passing yards is 285, if I recall correctly. He would have had to hit that in his last couple of games. I'm taking the, the passing yards, too, for Russell Wilson. He's going to hit a couple of bombs to DK Metcalf. He's going to run for a touchdown. He's going to beat the 27 and a half. So give me Seattle laying the five. Give me the nervous over on 57. And give me the Russ Wilson props, a 50-burger on 27 and a half rushing, and the passing yards. What say you? Yeah, I, I really like that prop on Russell Wilson rushing yards. 27 and a half seems like pretty easy number to, uh, to obtain in this game. Um, Seattle's been scoring left and right. You know, what's interesting, you look at the, uh, the player prop on Russell Wilson touchdown passes over one and a half, you have to lay 250 just to win 100. It just, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's right now probably number one in the MVP race. He's having a phenomenal year. Thankfully, he's on one of my fantasy teams as my quarterback. He's been killing it for me, um, but I do like that that prop of over 27 and a half rushing yards on uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, one more thing I forgot to mention before, if I could just hop in real quick. Two others that I that I liked a lot. I'm I'm liking that combined rushing and receiving. Ezekiel Elliott, 115 and a half. It's a high number, but Zeke is uh, amazing. He's a great player. I like that. I also like Chris Carson combined rushing and receiving only 86 and a half. I like that as well. Both of those are minus 112. I'm torn on on this game as far as from the spread. I really don't know what the Cowboys are right now. Um, they got the miracle, you know, pulled out the miracle win there. So that was good in as far as the comeback, but they looked horrible in the beginning. They came out completely flat at three turnovers in the first, you know, some weird fake punts in their own territory. I think they're still trying to figure out what, you know, what they are. So I would stay away from the spread. I do agree, John, with the over-under. In both teams, their defenses have given up a lot of points. Uh, even Seattle, when they were blowing out uh, in week one, they were blowing out the Falcons. They gave up a bunch of yards and, and touchdowns in garbage time. So I think the, the over is a safe bet here. That's about all I have on that. I would say, basically, you know, the Seahawks you know, made Cam Newton look like it was 2015 again, right? Uh, He's been playing great, uh, but you know I think Dallas and and their receivers much quicker. Um, I think Prescott's done a good job finding them. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to score a lot in this game. 
I think the Seahawks, uh, you know, probably going to be trying to, you know, stay in this shootout with them. Uh, I, I think if, you know, Dallas can take care of the ball in this one and McCarthy can coach somewhat of a half decent game here. You know, I like Dallas to cover in this one. Uh, I think, you know, basically at this point, you know, the Cowboys, you know, they've looked pretty good despite being 0-2. Um, and I think I would take them in this game. All right. So Mike, we're going to stay with you and your second pick this week. So take it away. Yeah. This week, you know, I took Chicago and Atlanta just mainly because I watched Chicago play the Giants last week and didn't really think they looked all that great. You know, after the win, Chicago's head coach was basically saying, you know, we're playing okay. <laughs> you know, so I was surprised to hear that. I mean, the Giants could have easily won that game, you know, last play. So for me, the Bears, you know, they, they've covered in, I think it's um, the spread in each of their last three games against the Falcons. But, you know, the Bears, I think, are extremely fortunate to be 2-0. and And Mitch Trubisky, I think he's playing better than he, he has been in the past. Maybe just, you know, some of the offseason signings have kind of, uh, you know, got him motivated to really take his game to the next level. But, you know, in this one, I think Trubisky just, you know, it's, it's a mismatch, right? Trubisky versus Matt Ryan. Like, it's just something that I think the Bears can't compete with at this point. Uh, the Bears are also very terrible on the road. Uh, the Falcons, you know, I think their offense is loaded with talent, right? Matt Ryan's fantasy god at this point, just putting up numbers that are insane. Uh, they're home you know, on the turf. Uh, they're a fast-break team. And I really think that's going to work in their favor against the Bears. I, I just don't see them being able to keep up with Atlanta in this one. Um, you know, Atlanta has a few injuries, but, you know, the, the, I just don't see how really the Bears can compete in this one. Robert Quinn should shout him out. I mean, he did make an impact last week again, you know, on the other side against the Giants. I would say, you know, give me Atlanta getting three, uh, minus three and a half. Uh, some props I like. Montgomery, 53.5 yards rushing. I think he's a very underrated running back. I think he should hit that pretty easily. Uh, Cohen, 18.5 receiving yards. I think by the end of this game, they're going to be trying to play catch up. He'll have a, you know, a bunch of passes his way. So yeah, uh, give me Atlanta. And what do you guys think? Yeah, so I like Atlanta as well in this game. Um, you know, they were in a, a tight game last week. I mean, they're, I don't think they're a very good team. And quite honestly, I think at the end of the season, Dan Quinn's probably going to get fired. But they seem to play hard. So I like Atlanta in this game as well. I don't really believe in Chicago. I, they probably should have lost to the Giants last week. They definitely had no business winning that game against Detroit in week one. So I, I think they're a fraudulent 2-0 team right now. Uh, they probably should be 0-2. And so I like Atlanta, especially getting three and a half points at home. Guys? Yeah, it worries me that we're all agreeing, but I have to say that my gut is that um, the Bears are total pretenders and uh, could easily be 0-2. Uh, Falcons have been, you know, should have won last week. Uh, they score a lot of points. Uh, if they do the same here, I find it hard to believe that Trubisky will be able to keep up. Um, I think it's a good bet to go with the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, just real quick, too, I was scouring um, DraftKings, looking at the player props, and I'm looking for Calvin Ridley because he's been a stud the first two weeks. He's nowhere to be found on the player props because I don't think, you know, everybody's going to probably lay a lot of money on whatever yards they put, whatever receptions, because he seems to almost be Atlanta's new number one receiver. And I know they still have Julio Jones, but Ridley's been on fire. Yeah, and also Julio Jones is banged up. He might not, he's questionable, I think, with a hamstring injury. So, 
Yeah, I agree. I don't believe in I don't believe in Chicago. Um, Atlanta has shown the ability to to score, but they have no heart. So um, I guess as far as props go, the one I really like is David Montgomery um, uh, receiving yards uh, fourteen and a half. Um, they've been throwing to him more this year. He could get that in one play. So at minus one twelve, I'll take it all day. Yeah, rushing and receiving as a side note, 69.5 for Montgomery. That might be the, the bet right there. Bang. All right, so I'm going to move into uh, to my second game, and I'm going to uh, be a little deja vu here. I'm going to take Detroit, the Detroit game once again. I had uh, Detroit-Green Bay last week. I had Green Bay uh, covering the six-point spread last week. I'm taking Detroit versus Arizona this week in the desert in Arizona. Uh, with Arizona laying five and a half points. Uh, you know, some might say that Arizona's a surprise team. I don't think anybody's surprised, though, by their offense. Uh, Kyler Murray had a great rookie year last year. He's playing out of his mind again this year. And they added uh, DeAndre Hopkins from Houston, and he's lighting it up like he should. Uh, Detroit is giving up – they've given up 353 rush yards in the first two games uh, this year. They're giving up 6.9 yards per carry, which is, I believe, uh, right there at the bottom, worst in the league. So I think this week, Kenyon Drake's set for a really big game. And I think Kyler Murray is going to have another big rushing game as well. I'm just sort of skipping down, and this is what I was going to get to with the, the player props. Murray over 39.5 rushing yards, laying 112 on $100 bet. Love it all day long. I think he's going to run wild against Detroit, who's a terrible, terrible rush defense. Um, Detroit's secondary is all banged up like they were last week. I think it's Murray to Hopkins all day long. He's going to light up Detroit's secondary. They're going to score a lot of points. The over-under is 55. My concern is Detroit scoring points. I know they put up some points against Chicago. Um, they didn't really put up a whole lot last week against Green Bay. And, I, and Galladay's back for Matthew Stafford, but I don't think that's enough for them to really put up a whole lot of points because they really don't have many other weapons on that team. Um, they have Swift as the rookie running back, but he really hasn't done much. Um, I don't know if you can really rely on Adrian Peterson to be your bruising back in the backfield for Detroit this week. Arizona's defense is pretty stingy, so I, I think covering that five and a half is probably a pretty easy bet. So I love Arizona covering the, the five and a half points. Um, just a couple little tidbits here. Uh, the Lions have lost 11 straight games, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. That's now going to be 12 after this week. And they are the first team in history to blow double digit leads in four straight games. The first team ever. And I don't think they're going to have a double-digit lead this week because I think Arizona's just going to come out gangbusters and score a lot of points. Um, the Lions have failed to cover their, their, their last six road games, and it's going to be seven this week. So I love uh, Arizona this week, laying the five and a half. I'm a little nervous about the over-under, so I'm going to stay away from that. And as I said before, the Kyler Murray over 39 and a half rushing yards. And I also like Kenyon Drake over 77 and a half rushing yards, another lane 112 to win 100. Guys, what do you think? Uh, I like it. I think the Cardinals are a really fun team to watch this year. I love watching Kyler Murray play. Um, adding DeAndre Hopkins to, to the offense was an absolute coup in the offseason. 
Uh, the offensive line seems to be improving, although it's still not great. Uh, I also like the rushing prop on Kyler Murray. Now, 39 and a half yards for quarterback rushing is a huge, huge number. It really is. But if you take, take a look at what Kyler Murray's actually done, he would have hit the over on that in four out of his last five games and hit it each of the past two weeks easily. So I'm going to take a, a tasty 50 burger on that one as well. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. Yeah, so uh, I um, I would stay away from this game. I'm worried. I think Arizona's an up-and-coming team. I just don't like laying, you know, five-and-a-half points. Uh, and sometimes my one of my big uh, gambling manifestos is to go against the hype, right? And when there's all hype in one direction, it often corrects. And so uh, your point about them losing that many games in a row and blowing games – uh, they should have won in week one. They, you know, DeAndre Swift dropped the ball in the touch in the end zone. Uh, I look for the Lions to actually be a game opponent here. They may not win it, but I, I, I just struggle seeing uh, a five and a half point spread covered by the Cardinals at this point. Yeah, uh, I liked your point. You know, I think Kyler Murray rushing yards. That's probably what I would bet if I was going to bet this game. You know, the Lions are getting gashed on the ground. They're allowing over 200 yards per game. So. You know, Kyler Murray, he's putting up rushing numbers reminiscent of Michael Vick, right? So I think that's my bet for this one. And, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, leading the NFL with 22 catches. I mean, he should really feast on this defense. I think maybe looking at props there could be something to check out as well. But, yeah, give me uh, the Kyler Murray prop in this one. All right, Eric, take it away. Got the last game here. Yeah, so – I'm not going to overanalyze this. Uh, we got the game of the week, I think, right? Uh, Chiefs and, and Ravens. I'm going with the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, and it's really, I think Mahomes is better than uh, Lamar Jackson. Of course, they're both great. I think Mahomes will not be held down two weeks in a row. But also, here's the key. I love the Chiefs getting points, right? Not only that, they're getting three and a half. I love that half point. So even if this is a super close game, it comes down to a field goal at the end, I expect them to cover three and a half points. I'm also going to go with the over. I just think a lot of points will be scored. Again, the Chiefs uh, and Chargers uh, disappointed. I had them going over last week. Uh, That didn't happen. Um, I don't expect the Chiefs offense to be held down two weeks in a row. And then a a prop that if you think that uh, the Chiefs are going to win, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson over 0.5 interceptions for the game at plus 138. I just think he'll throw at least one interception in the game. Yeah. So uh, listen, you know, there's defending Super Bowl champions and if you're getting three and a half points and I get it that it's on the road, but still I, I can see this game being a three point game, you know, one way or the other. So getting three and a half with that little hook. I, I love that. Uh, that chiefs uh, getting three and a half points. Yeah, I think it should really be two and a half, but probably get an extra point here because the Chiefs struggled to score against the Chargers last week. So, you know, I like the Chiefs in this one too, three and a half. That's, yeah, it's an easy bet. Yeah, I mean, I just can't wait for this game. It's like, this is one of those games that you wait for all year and we're getting it very early. I love both of these teams. Both of these teams are stacked from the top to the bottom. They were both built the right way. Great front offices, great coaching staffs, great quarterbacks. I just cannot wait to see this. And I I sort of agree. It's just that, listen, I would probably take the underdog, whoever it was in this game, but the Chiefs getting points, I'll take it every single time, twice on Sunday, because if the Ravens score first and it goes up from three and a half, I'm doubling down and hedging again. One prop I really love, 
keeping up with the theme that we've had so far, Patrick Mahomes rushing yards, 17 and a half at minus 122. He would have hit that in five out of his last six, including the playoffs. So uh, the Ravens do have a good defense here. They've got some talent. They've got some great young linebackers and Patrick Queen and LJ Fort. If somebody gets pressure, Mahomes can, you know, uh, run to, to throw the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill, but he will also take off. So I'm definitely going to take that 17 and a half rushing yards for Mahomes as well. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the game of the year right now. This could be the game for the entire season. You know, you kind of wish that this game was in Kansas City because I'm not sure that the Ravens are allowing fans in the stands, but I know Kansas City is, and they had fans in the stands for the first game. So you kind of wish it was in Kansas City to have that real game atmosphere. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be uh, a phenomenal game, definitely. All right, guys, so this is the part of our show where we talk about our current favorite track. Um, you know, I'll start it off this week. As everybody probably knows, I'm not afraid of the 138. So I'm going with a track by Marlo with vocals by Helene called Whisper. And it's in the Fairy Tale remix. Um, it is a super, uh, you know, 138 BPM booming track with a piano buildup in the middle and the crescendo, which is really sick. And the vocals by Helene are just, uh, are just phenomenal. So that's my track of the week. Guys. All right, uh, I'm going to go uh, a great pick there. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit lighter um, this week. Uh, and a little bit more of that uh, housey to filtered house, that little bit of a 70s groove, that funky groove uh, type track. It is from a group called Block and Crown. The name of the track is Tonight. Uh, it's got that great 70s feel with the horns in the background. And keep your eye, uh, ears open for a cool little Michael Jackson sample in the middle of the track. Block and Crown Tonight, that's my track of the week. Uh, I'm going with a track called Waves. It's what uh, Eric Prides under his alias Prida. Um, I normally like Deep House with the bumping bass, but this is a little lighter along with the lines of uh, John. And just so you know, just show how life changes, right? This song, these songs I would normally be listening to fist pumping in a club. Nowadays, I use this song when I'm on an elliptical machine trying to you know, fight off the uh, middle-aged uh, gut there so uh, life is definitely changing all right guys so it was a great great analysis this week and uh, i hope all you all the listeners out there uh you know, listen to our advice, but, you know, also, you know, do your own analysis. So to everybody out there, good luck with all your bets and may your bets be fortuitous. Wagers, ragers, out. Wagers, ragers.